Uh, my sermon this morning is going to be a little different. Uh, probably not really, but uh, the title of it is Fruit Trees. So I'm going to be preaching on some fruit trees this morning. Uh, Luke chapter 6, where we'll be at uh, this morning. Luke chapter 6, verse 43. People are uh, characterized by fruit trees all through Scripture. Uh, even in Psalm 1, we see uh, that he said that uh, they that uh, meditate on the Lord, on His Word, um, can you hear me better? Okay. Um, that we shall be like a tree planted by the water. We shall not see when heat cometh, neither uh, we shall bear our fruit in our season, neither shall our leaf uh, uh, wither away. Uh, but anyway, all through Scripture from the Old Testament even to uh, Galatians chapter 5, uh, and further uh, past that, we see that we are likened as fruit, fruit trees, fruit producers. And so this morning, with the Lord being our helper, we want to preach on uh, the two types of trees uh, that there are. And uh, if you are a, cor a corrupt tree, I want you to know something, that a wild olive branch can be grafted in into the family of God. In Romans chapter 11, we see that God cut the wild olive branch and he grafted it in to the uh, new olive tree, meaning that he took the Gentile people who was a wild olive branch and cut them off and grafted them into this living tree, which represented the people of Israel. And now we have become one as one tree, and we are to produce the fruit of righteousness and holiness and, and the fruit of the Spirit. And so this morning, I want you to ask yourself this question. What type of fruit tree... Am I? What type of fruit tree am I? I'll have you stand this morning for the reverence of God's word. Luke chapter 6, verse 43, and it says this For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Our Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning once Father, I pray today, Lord, for that person who may be bound by their chains. God, who may be bound by the chains of addiction, who might be chained by uh, the chains of hatred or, or jealousy or envy or strife. God, who may be bound uh, by these chains, God, that has uh, kept them uh, from experiencing the true joy that only Christ can give. God, I pray that they would be set free today. And God, I pray that these trees that have bore corrupt fruit, God would be cut off and be grafted in into the true tree, uh, uh, the tree of righteousness and holiness, God, that they might produce the fruit of the Spirit. God, I pray that you'd help us today to be anointed by the Holy Spirit of God. Use us today. Help us to get our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions out of the way and have your holy way today. Father, we love you today. God, I pray that you bless the people that are here. And God, bless your word. Father, we'll give all the praise, honor, and glory. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. My father once told me, and this was shortly after I moved here, he said, Son, do more listening than you do talking. And what a wise statement that my father gave me as I moved here, because my father has lived in other places than where I was raised. Uh, he went to college in South Carolina, and he and my mother... Uh, had already been married, and they had moved to South Carolina together. And, and so he had experience in living out of state. And so he told me, he said, Ben, and I'm just like him. We see the good in people. We always want to think good of people. I mean, you, you think the best of them, but in the end, they're the ones that's going to hurt you. But he told me, he said, if you will do more listening, you'll find out the true character of the person. Because the more somebody talks, the more the heart is revealed. The more you listen to somebody, the more you understand what is in their heart. The more you understand what kind of fruit they're bearing. 
Or maybe they're not even bearing any fruit. And the same is just as bad. If you have no fruit, then the Bible says you are to be cut off. Because in John 15, and we'll get there, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But in John 15, he said, if you abide not in me, you shall be cut off and hewn down and cast into the fire. But the same is true about a corrupt tree. A corrupt tree that brings forth bad fruit will be cast down and will be thrown into the midst of the fire. But thanks be unto God for the good fruit, the good trees that are alive, that are producing much fruit for the kingdom of God. We see here in verse 43 that Jesus himself said, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit. Now there are a lot of trees in this world, and they all produce something. A cedar tree produces a pine cone for animals to eat. Oak trees produces acorns for deer to eat. And other trees produce other types of nuts. for, And we even harvest some nuts for us to enjoy ourselves. But we see that most trees, they are producing some type of fruit. Now I want to try and stick to just fruit trees this morning, uh, like an apple tree or a banana tree or an uh, uh, orange tree or a uh, persimmon tree. And, and y'all deer hunters know how well the deer enjoy the persimmons. Um, but this morning, with the Lord being our helper, uh, we want to uh, teach or talk to you about the different fruit trees uh, that there are. And really, there's only two, um, because it, uh, some could argue that no fruit is just the same as bad fruit. We are like fruit trees. How our actions, our conversations, and our character will tell what kind of fruit that we are bearing. Galatians chapter 5 teaches us that there are two types of of fruit, the fruit of the flesh, in contrast to what the Spirit produces. And you're producing fruit every day. Make sure it's the fruit of the Spirit. See, every day we are bearing fruit of some sort. Please make sure it's the fruit of the Spirit. Chuck Smith um, said in uh, about verses 44 through 46, uh, and I'll just share with you my thoughts on 42 and 43. It says, uh, I mean, 43, he said, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. And so we see that a apple tree that is blossoming, that is flourishing, that is producing much fruit, uh, that fruit is going to be good to eat. It's not going to produce a fruit that is bad. It's not going to, uh, you're not going to walk up to a banana tree and pick a star fruit or a jackfruit. And the reason I picked those types of fruit uh, this morning is because a star fruit and a jackfruit, they are very exotic. Uh, you have to go to exotic places to find that, and, and, and exotic to me is Walmart. No, I'm just kidding. But you can buy a, a jackfruit or a star fruit at Walmart. Um, but most of those fruits are grown outside of the United States. But a banana tree, you're not going to walk up to a banana tree and find an exotic fruit. If you go up to a banana tree, you're going to find one. You're going to find bananas because that's what it produces. You're not going to walk up to a cactus. Now, I know that there is cactus fruit. But you're not going to walk up to a cactus plant and expect to pick off of it figs. It just won't work. It can't happen. And that will not happen. And that's what is being said by Christ in verse 43. He said, you're not going to walk up to somebody who claims to be good but if they don't have the Spirit in them, they're not going to produce good fruit. Chuck Smith said about uh, verse 44, and he said, For every tree is known by his own fruit, meaning that everyone is going to bring forth of its kind. Every fruit, every fruit tree will bring forth of its kind. In verse 45, we see a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringing forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. That is just the cycle of life, if you will. Uh, a good tree is going to produce good fruit, and a bad tree is going to produce no fruit, or it's going to produce bad fruit. Uh, and, and there is some fruit that uh, may be poisonous to some uh, that is not able to be eaten by humans. Um, but we see uh, the analogy here that every tree is going to bring forth of whatever type of tree that it is. And I'm getting somewhere, so just hang with me. Chuck Smith said, and all you have to do is stand around and listen to a person's conversation, and it doesn't take long to reveal where their heart is. 
out of the abundance of the heart his, uh, this man speaks. It comes out. And you know, standing around listening to some people is like standing near an open cesspool. You know when it, what's in their heart, it stinks. You ever been around somebody who is just fuming out of their mouth, just rambling on, it might be cursing, it might be telling the dirty jokes, it might be uh, something vile and wicked that you would not normally be around, uh, but by the time you leave there, you just feel just as disgusted as that person does. You ever been around somebody like that? And listen, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a child of God, and if you're not producing good fruit, well, you're probably right in the cesspool with them because uh, two trees, it, two sinners, they're not going to imagine or they're not going to feel in themselves the guilt. When I was a sinner, when I was committing sins of the flesh, I didn't feel guilty of it. I thought it was the way of life. I thought it was right. I thought it was what I was supposed to do. I thought that's just who I am. But that ain't how God designed us. God didn't create us to be sinners. He didn't create Adam and Eve to be sinners, to be disobedient children. He created Adam and Eve to be children that would worship Him, that would choose to eat of the tree of life, that would choose to love and worship Him, the Creator of the universe. And that's why He's created us. He has created us not to be the children of sin, but because of the fall of man, we have all become sinners, and we have all become bad, corrupt trees, and there has to be a healing process. And that healing only comes by the blood of Christ. The only way you can be cleansed is by the pruning process of the Holy Spirit of God and be grafted in into this holy tree uh, of Christ Jesus. But if we stand around somebody who is talking that filthy talk, and listen, uh, for a lot of years, uh, after I got born again, I would be around my friends who would uh, curse or who would drink beer or who would uh, do all manners of sin that I used to be a part of, that I used to enjoy and take part in, but now I've been cleansed. When I got saved, the Lord cleaned me up. The Lord put a new heart in me. I, I, he took out the desires of the flesh. I had no desire to be filthy anymore. And when I got filthy, I realized, boy, I'm dirty. Boy, I need, I, I need to go back to the cross. I need, a, I need a, a cleansing. I need a pruning. I need this taken care of. Because what happens is some trees get diseases. I remember when I lived with my parents, we had an apple tree in the back. And yellow jackets had taken over that tree. And yellow jackets had pierced the bark of that tree and it started producing small apples. And then one year, I can remember after living there for several years, I can remember this apple tree just totally quit bearing fruit because it had a tree disease. The only way that my father was able to take care of that was to cut that tree down and plant a new tree in its place. And that's what I'm telling you today is the only way to take care of that diseased tree in your life is to cut it down and let God plant a new tree. you got to get rid of the old heart, the old desires, the old diseases, and let God plant a new tree in its place. Chuck Smith said, and I think so often we are just prone to slough off some of the commands of Christ that we don't quite agree with or we don't want to go along with. Then we pick and choose. Oh, I like this one. Oh, this uh, uh, is my favorite. Oh, yeah, well, I don't know about that one. I sort of think people interpret things different way, and I have a different interpretation. But if I'm going to use the title of Lord, then I need to take a look at His commands and at least will to obey them, not argue with them, but choose to obey them. See, a lot of times we get in salvation and we get in church and we think, well, I can pick this out of the Word of God and I can live by this, but I, this really doesn't fit my lifestyle. I don't really want to go along with what he had to say here, so I'm just going to pick and choose what I want to live by and what I want to keep. But God says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He don't say, choose ten of my commandments and keep them and follow them. He said, keep all of them. Now, I know that it's impossible for us as humans to keep all the commandments of God, but we should at least strive to live in the Spirit and let the Spirit keep the commands of God in our lives as the new trees of righteousness that God has planted in our lives. It should be our heart's desire to know the Word, to hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against God, that the Word through us might bear good fruit, that when people see us, they see a tree of life, that when they see us, they say, well, 
That person, his manner of speech or her manner of speech, it glorifies God. You know what's in their heart by the way that they talk. A lost person, listen, be careful here. A lost person can tell whether you're saved or not. Some people make a false profession. They think that they're saved. They think that they got it right. But an unbeliever can pinpoint a true believer from an unbeliever even when you're deceived. They'll know whether or not you're saved long before you ever will because the devil has put blinders over your eyes. You cannot see. But an unbeliever, they're paying very close attention. and They're trying to pinpoint. Listen, you better be what you say you are. You better have what's in your heart. Better be what comes out your mouth. And it will. A couple things this morning. I'll, I'll try and hurry through these. Number one, a seed has to be planted in order for a tree to produce. Mark chapter 4, verses 13 through 20 gives us the parable of the sower. And he said, and he said unto them in verse 13, Know ye not that this know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground. Who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of the riches and the lust of the other things entering in, choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. There has to be a root. Now, I believe, and y'all can disagree with me, but the root of most sin, if not all sin, is pride. Disobedience. Because we don't want to acknowledge that we are sinners because we're prideful. Right? Even while we're Christians, if we sin, sometimes it takes us a while to realize our sin. And sometimes it takes us a little longer to realize, hey, I need to take this sin in my life to the cross and leave it there. Because our pride enjoys that. Our pride wants to hold on to that. So we got to be careful and we got to ask ourselves this morning, where is my root? The pro- in, in, in Proverbs, uh, not only uh, does a seed have to be planted, but that seed must take root. And I'm already on my second point this morning. But in the book of Proverbs, chapter 12, two verses, verse 3 and verse 12, it says, A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Proverbs 12, 12 says, The wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. So where's your root at this morning? Is your root wrapped around Christ, the solid rock? Listen, uh, I haven't preached on the palm trees here, I don't believe, but a palm tree has a tap root that when it grows deep into the soil or the sand, it will grow all the way down until it finds a rock. And when it finds that rock, it will wrap itself around that rock. So when hurricanes come and when storms come, that will only allow the tree to bend, but it will not break. Very seldom. You might see a, a, a palm tree uh, bent in half or snapped in half, but the roots still are in the ground. That is the way a Christian should be. We should be able to bend and bound, but we should never break. We should never be moved, but we should always be yielding fruit. Our roots should be wrapped around the foundation of Christ. We should be that wise man who built his house and dug deep until he found a firm foundation and built his house on a firm Solid rock. So that when the winds come, and the winds blow, and the waves get high, we will not fall. Are you that person today? Are you wrapped around a rock? When the cares of the world come and the deceitfulness of sin comes, are you able to stand on the Word of God, on the solid foundation? 
Is your root the root of the righteous? In Mark chapter 11, verses 20 through 22, says that in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now that fig tree, just a, a few hours before this, Jesus passed by this fig tree and seen that it was producing no fruit. And He said, Henceforth, henceforth forever, no man shall ever eat of you. And from that moment, that fig tree was cursed and it bore no fruit. And within hours, it was dried up from the root. Where's your roots at? See, a lot of people want to come to church. They want to have roots, but they're just right under the surface. My father has a lot of white oak trees in his yard. And those white oak trees... The roots are just right under the dirt. I mean, if they get very large, when you mow, your blades are going to hit the root of the tree. And a lot of people, uh, and usually those are the first types of trees that fall over, roots and all. And usually, in reference to professing Christians who don't have a deep root in Christ, if they have roots just on the bare surface of the church or in the Word of God, they don't really understand a whole lot about the Word. They just know enough that they think that they're saved and they think that Sunday morning worship is enough to keep them to, from going to hell, but their roots are just on top of the service. But as soon as something happens within that church, they're the first person to leave. When troubles of the world come and, and distress comes, they're the first ones to be blown over. What about those that are sown on stony ground? The roots can't go deep. So when the, the uh, so on stony ground, when they heard the word, immediately they received it with gladness. And a lot of people receive the word. A lot of people receive the preaching of the gospel with gladness, but they don't let it take root. They don't let it change their lives. They want to hold on to certain sins in their lives, and it keeps them from truly being converted. So the roots can't get deep. They can't endure. It says that, but they can endure for but for a time. But after the affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. You can't hardly talk to anybody about the gospel without them getting offended. Which is the cross that unbelievers find offensive, because it's the cross that shows us our sin. It's the cross that shows us that we are wicked and that we're vile and that we'll never live to God's standard, that we are in desperation of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus Christ. And you must be born again. Proverbs chapter 92, verse 12 through 15 says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. So we see that there has to be a seed planted. And the Bible says unless that seed fall into the ground and die, it cannot bear fruit. It cannot spring up life. Friend, today you can come to this altar, and a seed might be planted in your life, but if that seed does not die, it will wither away. Listen, there's been several times, and y'all gardeners know that not every seed that you plant in that ground, it might not ever produce anything. It might be a bad seed. It might Something might have happened. A bird might have came and picked it out of the ground. And that's the way it is with a lot of people. They, they come to church and they hear the Word of God. They hear the Gospel. They hear that they're sinners and they hear that there is a way of escape. And, and they hear the Word of God and they receive it, but it never dies. They are never able to kill the old man. They are never to crucify their flesh and allow that seed to die within them that it might start springing up everlasting life. That seed has to die in order for life to come from it. An apple tree seed, when you plant it in the soil, it has to die. It has to break down before new life can grow. Jesus Christ, He was the seed of everlasting life. He had to die in order for it to come to pass. 
but yet he had to die and be buried for three days. And on that third day, he had to come out of the grave in order for life to come from him. What I'm telling you, friend, is that you have to die to yourself in order for life to come in your life. In order for a new life to spring in your life. Not only does a seed have to be planted and die, not only does there have to be roots, but thirdly this morning, with patient waiting, it will reveal the type of tree. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5-6 through 6 says, And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. Those who receive the word, but they don't let that seed die. They don't let that seed bring forth life in them. They might come to church for a few weeks. But soon, they'll return to their old ways. Soon, their old habits come back. Soon, that new leaf has blown off. See, people say, well, I'm turning over a new leaf. Well, thank God, but that leaf's going to be corrupt too. Then you turn over another leaf. Well, when the wind blows, all them leaves are going to be scattered away and the true nature of yourself will be revealed. Friend, you can't just turn over a new leaf. You've got to have a new plant. There's got to be a new tree planted. But he said, Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly. In order for that seed to take root and bring forth life, in order for the new life in Christ to bring forth righteousness in your life, Listen, I had to leave my old friends. I still love them. But I had to stop hanging out with them. I had to stop going to the same places that they went because I wanted the seed to take root and to take plant in my life because I didn't want to live the way I used to live. I don't want to be a hypocrite anymore. I didn't want to be a pretender anymore. Boy, I got to thinking about that this week as I was studying this message of how people... Listen, from... From, a, uh, from two years old, my child loves to play dress up. She loves to pretend. She'll get up here on stage and pretend that she's preaching. She is a pretender. And I thought as I watched her, and, and I went to chapel this week, and I had uh, some of the students come up on stage with me and act out a scene. And what they were doing, they were pretending. From a young age, Satan teaches us how to pretend. We, we know how to be in church. We know how to have church. We know how to be a Christian. Or at least we know how to pretend to be a Christian. Satan has deceived so many in the church today because they are pretenders. Listen, Hollywood has enough actors. We don't need any more in the church. We don't need any actors. God don't want any actors. Those actors, those pretenders who, who bear no fruit or who bear corrupt fruit, they will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What type of tree are you this morning? Where's your root at? Has your seed brought forth life? Are you a different person? Is there evident change in your life? Listen, a lot of you didn't know me until I moved out here. My wife didn't know me until after high school. But if you had known me in elementary school before I came to know Christ, and really even in high school there was some things in my life that the Word had to reveal to me that was sin that I needed to get rid of. But it wasn't until I got in the Word that I realized, hey, I ain't living right. I, I need to repent. I, I know I'm saved, but there's some things I need to get taken care of. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you're saved. Maybe you've accepted the Gospel and the, the Word of Christ. And maybe that seed is planted, but... You're just not living according to the Word. Maybe the Word is revealing to you that, that you need to get rid of those things so that the seed that has been planted in your life can take, take root and bear good fruit. That rhymed and I didn't even mean for it to. But with patient waiting. See, have you ever uh, been given a bag of seeds? My father uh, got a, a, a bag of seeds from his boss. Uh, it was okra seed. 
but it wasn't a it wasn't the normal you know short green okra that okra was probably about like that and it curled i don't remember what the name of it was but my dad didn't know that at the time so he planted it and it bore but what he thought he was getting was the original okra seed listen have you ever been given a seed that you might not have exactly known what it is, but somebody gave it to you and you planted it and you might have thought that it was going to be a, a peach tree. But when it grew up, it was a pear tree. Or an apple tree. Has that ever happened to you? What I'm saying is, is that when that seed is planted, in time, it will tell you what type of tree it is. See, it's not up for us, the true children of God, to judge what type of seed that is or what type of tree that is. But in time, it will reveal itself. I mean, look at verse 42 in Luke chapter 6. He said, Either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mold that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the moat that is in thy brother's eye. It's not up for us to judge what type of tree it is. Because in time, it will reveal itself. In Matthew chapter 7, uh, and I'm moving on to my fourth point this morning, not only does it have to be a seed that is planted and died, not only does it have to have roots, not only will the patient waiting of Christ, and I had more verses, but I'm not going to get there. Uh, you, if you want to write them down, if you're taking notes, write down 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3 through 9. That's where I was in uh, my point number 3. But moving on, in time, the fruit tells the truth. Patient waiting will reveal what type of tree it is, but the fruit will tell the truth thereof. Listen to verses 17 through 21 in Matthew. He said, Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a, good, uh, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. The fruit tells the truth this morning. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. There's a lot of people who think they're saved, who think they're going to heaven. But let me say this. No root, no fruit. There has to be a root planted. And in order for that root to take hold and, and, and change a person, that seed must be sown and that seed must die. Because out of that seed comes the roots of life. And those roots must be wrapped around the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when that seed starts to grow, you can tell whether somebody truly got it or not. Miss Kim is in the back. But you can tell, and I ain't trying to uh, uh, embarrass her or embarrass her family or anything like that, but you can tell a difference from the moment that she truly got it, in the moment that the seed was truly planted and it started to produce life, you can tell. She wears a smile on her face. Listen, I'm sure she has hardships in her life just like every one of us. But you know what? When you're a child of God, something just causes you to smile. Even in the hard times. You know what else I've seen it from Miss Kim? She's been faithful to the house of God. She has. Something clicked with her. Something changed with her. Why? Because the fruit tells the truth. And when the fruit is producing, there will be faithfulness that comes from it. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. It is an essential of salvation for believers to recognize Jesus Christ as Lord. Chuck Smith explains that when we say the Lord Jesus Christ today, 
we have made it a first, middle, and last name rather than seeing Christ's title as Lord. Lord means He is our master and we are His slaves. Chuck Smith also said, Now is my Lord. He has the right of total control of my life. When He asks me to do something, it isn't mine to ask Him why. It's only mine to obey Him. I am His servant. He is the Lord and that's the, uh, what the whole title is indicating. And that is why Jesus pointed out inconsistencies and people are calling me Lord, Lord, and yet they're not doing the things I command them. That's inconsistent. And if you are calling Him Lord and yet you're disobeying, you're rebelling at His commands, you're a part of that inconsistency. So not everyone who says Lord, Lord is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He is pointing out that saying the right thing is not enough. Many people are saying the right thing. You ever talk to somebody that tells you what you want to hear? I have. They're telling you what you want to hear just so they get you off their back. You ever known anybody like that? Ever talked to anybody like that? But what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 7 is saying the right thing is not enough. You can't just say the right thing and expect Christ to automatically give you access into heaven. The right thing has to be in you. The right thing has to be planted. Matthew 12, verses 13 through 37. I mean, uh, Matthew 12, verses 33 through uh, 37 says, Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said, I wish that you were either cold or hot, because if you look warm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. He wants you to be one or the other. You can't, you can't uh, straddle the fence and expect to make it because sooner or later you're going to hit a stump and you're going to fall off. So be careful on which side you fall. For the tree is known by its fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringing forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringing forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word, not just the word spoken, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account of thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. I know it seems like I'm repeating the same verse over and over, but it's from different parts of the Bible and it's different details. Pay it very close attention to the details. Sure, it's telling us that a, a good tree cannot bring forth corrupt fruit. Sure, it's telling us that a corrupt tree can't bring forth good fruit. But what I continue to see is that the fruit tells the truth. In time, the fruit will tell the truth. In time, you will know who is really saved and who is just professing. Matthew uh, chapter 15, verse 10 says, And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, that which goes into the mouth defiles the man. Uh, excuse me. Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. Jesus said that. It's not what we eat. It's not what we take in that defiles us. It's what comes out of our mouth. I'm not sitting here telling you that one drink of, one drink of beer is, is sinful, but if you continue to allow that to come into your life, sooner or later, what's in your heart is going to come out your mouth. Get somebody drunk enough, get somebody high enough, get somebody uh, uh, out of their head, sooner or later, what's in their heart is going to come out of their mouth. You hang around them long enough, they can be sober. The longer you talk to them, the longer you listen to them, what's in their heart is going to come out of their mouth. And it's not the things that go in our mouth that defiles us, but it's the things that come out. I'm going to skip a couple verses down uh,
I don't have it marked, but I think it's around verse 17. It says, And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do, ye, do not ye yet understand that whatsoever enter in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth cometh forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. And all of those things are corrupt fruit. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Notice what I read to you in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. He says, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? A good tree, in order to produce good fruit, will do the things the Lord commands us to do. When the Lord speaks to your heart, you will do what He asks of you if you are a good tree. Lastly, this morning I'll close. Uh, I'm, I'm working myself to a close today. Lastly, not only does the seed have to be planted, not only does it have to have roots, not only with patient waiting will it tell what type of tree it is, not only will the fruit tell the truth, but pruning is a process. We talked about this on Wednesday night if you were here, but pruning is a process. In John chapter 15, I'm going to read this passage, verses 1 through 12. John 15 and 1 says, I am the true vine. Talking about Christ. And my Father, which is God Jehovah, is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. If you're following with me in your Bibles, I want you to underline that. He purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. That word purge is the same as chasten, is the same as convict, is the same as pruning, because what happens is that in this Christian life, the Holy Spirit teaches us right from wrong. He teaches us if there are inconsistencies in our life that does not line up with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit will speak to us, will teach us and show us that there are things that we need to clean up. And you cannot clean yourself up on your own. You will never clean yourself up. That's why I get so tired of hearing people, well, i got to quit smoking before I get saved. Well, i got to quit drinking before I get saved. Well, i got to do this before I get saved. No, if you'll just come to the cross, Christ will take care of it. The Holy Spirit will come into your life and work from the inside out cleaning you up. That's why when somebody walks in here and looking like a prostitute, it ain't your job to clean them up. It ain't my job to tell them how to dress. It's the Holy Spirit's job. If a homeless person walks in here and they reek with odor, it ain't your job to turn them away. It's the Holy Spirit's job to save them from the guttermost to the uttermost. Bless God, they would, the Holy Spirit will change them from the inside out. It's a pruning process. Because God wants us to be fruit producers. He wants us to be mass producers. There's a lot of companies all over America that are mass producers of material goods. Meaning they can produce a lot of items very quickly and very rapidly. And that's what God wants of us. He wants us to be mass producers of the fruit of the Spirit. He wants a lot of people to be able to see good fruit in our lives. He purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse number uh, 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Underline that if you're with me. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. How do we glorify the Father? 
You bear fruit. Preacher, how do I bear fruit? You read the Word. Let the Word saturate your heart. Let the Word change you. Let the Word work in you the new life in Christ. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and lead you. Let the Holy Spirit take over. Let Christ become your Lord. Let Him be your master and you become His slave. When He asks you to do something, do it. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. I'm not telling you that you have to witness and share the gospel with every single person every day that you encounter. But it should be your heart's desire to share the gospel with somebody once a week, once a day, at least once a month. It should be our heart's desire. It was a command of Christ that we go into all nations, teaching and preaching to every creature about the gospel. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As a Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. I'm going to close with this. Masu, if you'll come to the piano this morning. I enjoy reading behind this man. His name is F.E. Marsh. When I said that, you thought I was talking about Warren Wiersbe, didn't you? Effie Marsh is a theologian. He said this. He gave us eight descriptions of fruit that a child of God must bear. So if you want to write them down, I'll give them to you. But he first said, The evidence of union with Christ is fruit bearing. And where there is no fruit, there is no union. And no union means no life. The eight types of fruit. Number one, the fruit of the Spirit. Number two, the fruit of righteousness or uprightness. Number three, the fruit of holiness, meaning a separation to God, meaning that we've been set apart unto God Himself. Number four, the fruit of our lips, meaning thanksgiving. Hebrews 13 and 15 says, Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Number five, Fruit in work, meaning consistency or faithfulness. Number six, fruit of work. Number five was fruit in work. Number six is fruit of work, meaning conversion and consecration. Romans 1.13 says that I might have some fruit among you. Consecration means that we have uh, given ourselves wholly unto the Lord's work. Number seven, fruit of generosity or ministering to others. Number eight, fruit unto God. God's object in saving. Meaning sharing the gospel. Meaning leading souls unto Him. So we see the eight types of fruit in a Christian's life. Are you bearing those fruits? Are you bearing the fruits of the Spirit? There's seven of them. Seven of them. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 22. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. Verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Are you producing those fruits? Do you have the fruit of righteousness? Do you have the fruit of holiness? Romans six twenty-two says, being made free from sin and become servants unto God, you have your fruit unto holiness. Do you possess the fruit of our lips, which is thanksgiving? Do you produce faithfulness, fruit in work? Walk worthy of the Lord, being fruitful in every good work, Colossians 1.10. Do you have fruit of work? 
Do you have fruit of generosity? Ministering to others? And do you have fruit unto God? If you read Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, it'll show you the fruits of the flesh. And then at the end it says, These shall not enter in to the kingdom of heaven. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. It gives you some a description of sins. And it says, For they shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But verse 11 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, And such were some of you. Don't you want that labeled? Don't you want that on you? I was this, but I'm not that anymore. I was a reviler. I was an extortioner. I was a murderer. I was a drunkard. I was this and I was that. But thanks be unto God, I'm not that anymore. Because I am washed. I am cleansed. I am justified and I am sanctified. Don't you want that this morning? As she plays, I'm going to ask you to stand. This altar is open. What type of fruit are you producing in your life? What type of fruit's there? What type of tree are you? Don't you want to go to heaven? I believe it's Kenny Chesney that sung an old country song. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go right now. Is that your mindset? Because listen, I want to go right now. If Jesus came back right now, hallelujah, I'm out of here. I'm ready to go. I've got everlasting life. I have a mansion on the hilltop. My father owns cattle on a thousand hills. What we wear in our ears and on our wrists and on our fingers, we'll be walking on up there. Streets of the purest gold. A river that flows with milk and honey. Jasper walls, how beautiful. And the pearly gates. Sights unseen. But most importantly, the reason why I'm going is to see the suffered Savior that hung on the cross to deliver us from our sin, to save us from the wrath of God, to deliver us from a place called hell that we might have a home in glory with Him. Will you come this morning? Will you come to this altar this morning? It's simple. He said, if you'll confess your faults, confess your sins unto Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Will you come today? Will you come and say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. Please save me. And you know what He'll do? He'll save you. It's that simple. And guess what? The baptistry's still full. If you'll just come get saved, I'll take you back there to the baptistry. And you can lay down the old man and the old desires, and the old sinful nature, and be resurrected in Christ, and produce good fruit.